Welcome to Dragon Talk. I am Greg Tito. This is your official Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and we have someone who's crying with laughter, Shelly Mazzanova. Hello, Shelly. Hi. <laughs> I'm trying to be professional. And, and, and succeeding. Let's Look, do this podcast. Oh gosh, you totally just brought it all in. You're I like, did. I'm good to go. Oh, I am. I am a professional. Awesome. Well, we're going to speak to two voiceover professionals. Oh, gosh. It hurts. I can't keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> that is not professional. Yeah. And I'm back. We're going to talk to two voiceover professionals who do not laugh and cry uh, right that. before recording a podcast. They might be laughing and crying right now. That's actually very true. We're going to talk to Liam O'Brien and Laura Bailey. Very cool. Two of the most uh, prolific voice actors out there. Yeah? Yeah. I was looking them up on IMDb. Yeah. Extensive list they, of credits. Exactly. They play almost, they're almost in every single video game you can think yeah. of that came out in the last 10 years. How do they One come up or with more this of them. many different voices? We should have asked them that. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll ask them that we next them. time they come on. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, we're going to get into uh, some lore you should know, this new segment where we talk about some Forgotten Realms lore with uh, some of the people who are making it, uh, making Storm King's Thunder now. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, speaking of Storm King's Thunder, King's Thunder, it's coming out in August, August 25th. Uh, in game stores and uh, September 6th for a wide release after that. So please uh, check out DungeonsAndDragons.com to learn out more about that. Uh, it's an exciting adventure set uh, uh, in Faerun uh, in which giants of all types, so frost giants, fire giants, storm giants, stone giants, hill giants, and cloud giants, oh. uh, get it to some crazy stuff. We're just going to say they mess it up. What's your favorite type of giant? Uh, I'm going to go with fire. Yeah? Yeah. You could like be whole... any type of giant. You'd be a fire giant. I like fire giants, yeah, because they're all about uh, uh, like kind of they're kind of like uber dwarfs, and that they're like crafting, and they're kind of like metal work and metal smithing, and uh, they've got like a fiery temperament, just like me. Just like you. Just like me. Yeah. So yeah, Crafty those are those are my giants. Um, so yeah, exciting about that. Of course, you can watch Dice Camera Action, which is happening uh, right about now. Chris Perkins is playing through Curse of Strahd uh, with some amazing, fun people. Um, including uh, Anna Prosser, as well as Holly Conrad uh, uh, and uh, Jared and Nate, uh, who have been playing uh, basically through the Curse of Strahd with the person who wrote it, uh, uh, which I think is has got to be some fun, some fun stuff. Uh, so check that out. That's every week, uh, and it's also on our YouTube channel if you want to check up some of the background there. Acquisitions Incorporated, the series has been out uh, several weeks in, gearing up, doing some Storm King's Thunder preview stuff Chris Perkins has with that group. Uh, leading up until PAX West, which is happening just around the corner. Yeah, uh, And, of course, Force Gray, the new uh, weekly series um, that we produced at uh, Meltdown Comics. It's on Nerdist.com. Go check it out. Some very funny people. Chris Hardwick, Jonah Ray, Ashley Johnson uh, from Critical Role fame is in there as well. Mixing it up. My favorite, of course, is Brian Posehn, yeah. who I've known for a long time, uh, from Mr. Show. One of the funniest uh, mid-90s sketch comedy shows that no one's ever heard of. He's uh, a funny dude. He's a great guy. Uh, and he really mixes that up and is fun in this in this as well. I really like the intro to Forrest Gray. It was good, wasn't it? I really like that sweet product placement it's of Betrayal at House on the Hill. People dig on that betrayal. It's pretty much awesome. It is pretty much awesome. Yeah, so. I don't know, I forgot to tell you this. Um, well... We had uh, uh, Chris Cox in here the other day yeah. uh, on the podcast, uh, but I was in his office, and uh, there's a Betrayal of House on the Hill uh, think, in his office. Do you think that's like a coincidence? I think that it's prominently displayed. I think I put it there. You actually placed it there? I gave it to the person to place it there. Oh, I yeah. see. Nailed yeah. it. 
Totally. That's, that's I, marketing I actually, people. I Listen actually, to Shelly Mazin. a master class in marketing. I am master of product placement. <laughs> like, look around your room right now, people. There may be a copy of Betrayal. <laughs> that you've put there. Maybe. I love it. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump right into, well, before we do that. Oh, oh. You listen to this on the iTunes or on other places. Give us some ratings. Give us some reviews. Let us know that Shelly is crazy and uh, uh, in the ratings and yep. the reviews. Uh, give some stars. And that and, Greg's a jerk. And that I'm a jerk. Also, though, that Greg rattles off all that marketing shill stuff off the top of his head. I made that, that is up. Not, that's not written down that, anywhere. No. You just rattled off all those people's names and all those things, and it's, there's a lot going on. It's so. like I'm a dungeon mastering the podcast. It's amazing. It's yeah. like you've done this before. Thanks, dude. You're like almost becoming a professional. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> and then we lose it when we talk about cats. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's uh, go on with Lori Cheneau with some... Funny. Let's go. Let's go with funny and energetic people from the D and D team. Okay. Chris Perkins and Matt Cernan. All right. Welcome back to Lore. You should know. Uh, I'm here again with Matt Cernan and Chris Perkins. Hello. Hello, guys. Howdy. Howdy. Uh, if you need their introductions, you can listen to last week's uh, <laughs> little segment on Lori Chanel. Uh, but today we're talking about the Kraken Society. Uh, so, Matt, uh, what can you tell us about uh, uh, the Kraken Society and what it means in for, uh, Forgotten Realms lore? Uh, Kraken Society is a, uh, a strange uh, organization that Ed Greenwood invented uh, ages ago. It's been in a lot of different products. And it's a secret society of sort of information gatherers and conspiracy people who uh, are sort of like, at least in our modern interpretation, uh, say like Spectre or something like that. Uh, and uh, at their head is actually a um, super genius, crazily powerful Kraken. <laughs> Spellcasting Kraken. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> the yeah. worst kind of Kraken. Yes, exactly. Uh, is that where the society gets its name? It was founded by, by this yeah, it's, individual? Yeah. <laughs> it's not subtle. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, um, yeah Slar Krethel is the Kraken's name, and he, he's, over, over various editions, we've sort of modified his level, but he's always in the 20-plus level club when it comes to spellcasting. He knows all the spells. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, ridiculously powerful, ancient beyond belief creature. Um, and we can talk a little bit more um, maybe about how one, how a creature such as this should come to basically be the figurehead leader of this sort of weird organization yeah. and what he actually wants out of it. Right. Um, because that took a little bit of um, kind of prying through the lore mm -hmm. to find. What did you discover? What, what, what uh, was the answer? Well, so um, what happens sometimes with a lot of the old lore is that uh, it, it boils down to something very um, sort of on the ground what is actually happening. So uh, it was a lot about sort of merchants and controlling trade and, and that kind of a thing. And so, it, but like the reasoning for why a Kraken would care about merchants <laughs> and trade was very sort of bizarre and mysterious, right? Right, they're monsters beneath the sea. Other than, <laughs> other than like, oh, that's a boat on top of me. Right. You know, many, you know, many thousand like, miles away. What, is, what does he care? What does it need gold for? Yeah. And that kind of a thing. Yeah. But if you looked at other elements of the lore that were built up over time, uh, you know, it was apparent that uh, Sarkrethal was basically grasping at uh, Umberly as this sort of motherly like figure or who's Umberly? Umberly is the the uh, the 
the bitch queen. She is the sea goddess of the forgotten realms, uh, and she's a sort of this evil, capricious um, goddess of the sea. Uh, thinks, what is it, Ursula from The Little Mermaid? Like, sort of along that lines. Got it. Um, and and so, you know, with the fifth edition process, we thought about Krakens in general as being these sort of uh, cast-off weapons of war uh, from when the gods went to war and, like, previous ages and so on. Mm-hmm. And it happened that that's really su- synced up really well with uh, the old lore about... Slarkrethel and, you know, these weird things under the sea called the Kraken Gates that would allow Krakens to travel between different seas in the Forgotten Realms and stuff like that. And so it, it all kind of just melded together into this really interesting idea of the Kraken Society as something more like Spectre that is, it's not just about trade and, um, you know, money and so on. It's about information and Slarkrethel trying to sort of like, from underneath the sea, understand more and more and more about the world above in order to understand more and more and more about the gods themselves because he is this cast off thing that the gods created and he wants to sort of like get back to that somehow. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like a, a V'ger from uh, uh, the first Star Trek movie yeah, where it's exactly. like, I just want to find my maker and, and understand mm-hmm. why I was created and sent yeah. to do what I'm Am I going to be damned to stay down here for the rest of my existence or right. is there somewhere else I need to be? So does some of that filter down to the individual members of the Kraken Society? So it's strange because within the organization itself, there's probably only a relative handful who actually know that they're serving a Kraken. Mm. Um, I think, and but the the rank and file members, they're just doing what they do. They're, you know, steering ships and obtaining cargo and getting information and passing it up to up the chain. Uh, not really understanding why they're just getting a paycheck, basically. Yeah. But there are a few who are actually in touch with the kraken or telepathically linked to it, um, which can be a double-edged sword. Um, you don't want something like someone like Slarkrethel in your head um, because he's such an alien intellect, and he's not necessarily telling you everything you need to know because you're just a an appendage. You're like a tentacle. Right. Um, if he loses you, whatever, he'll just grow another one. He doesn't care. <laughs> Uh, so there, within the organization, um, there's a lot of confusion, I think, about what the goals are. And so, uh, which is great for DMs because then they can use the organization in one of a number of different ways and it's right. all okay. Right. They can be, you know, mooks or they can be exactly. know, more masterminds yes. if, depending on how far they up the chain. But apart from the sort of criminal organization, if you can call it that, or information brokerage, uh, there's also an aspect of the Kraken Society which is much more just kind of way of life. Um, uh, The Kraken Society has, or the Kraken has worshipers on these islands called the Purple Rocks. Mm -hmm. And these are somewhat primitive humans who basically throw their young into the sea as sacrifices to Slarkrethel and then wait years for these young to be returned to them as adults. Mm. And we're not altogether sure exactly what's going on there, it's very Lovecraftian yeah. in terms of its feel and flavor. Uh, but these people are, they worship Slarkrethel the way people worship a god. Um, they're not part of the organization, the Kraken Society, as it basically exists. Mm-hmm. They are just people who have fallen in with this uh, enormously powerful creature um, and uh, revere it. Uh, and then how does this uh, affect Storm King's Thunder? How does this... Uh, 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 
So both, both facets of the organization figure in Storm King's Thunder. I don't want to give too much away, but the Kraken Society is an important organization in the story. Uh, it propels a lot of the action, mm -hmm. and it is the cause for some of the strife and consternation that the characters will encounter. Um, and I'm talking here about the, 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 the organization that is like the specter organization that Matt was describing earlier, not the people who live on Purple Rocks. Got it. Yeah, um, right. You can, in the course of the story, you can wind up on Purple Rocks and meet these loons. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's a strange place to end up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've, uh, you've kind of <laughs> gone way off the beaten track if you end if up If you there. end up doing that, right. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, many parties will do for, yes. the, for the fun of that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, th you do get to meet some of the members of the Kraken Society. You do get to encounter and battle uh, them um, in the course of the story. Fascinating. All right, yeah. so uh, if uh, people want to learn more, or DMs want to learn more in preparation for Story King's Thunder about the uh, Kraken Society, uh, you mentioned it was created by Ed Greenwood, uh, Matt. Where, what was the document that... Uh, oh, gosh. Not to put you on the spot here. There's but. multiple sources uh, for that material, um, so it's going way back to all th uh, uh, several different products. Suffice to say, it's been around a long, long time. Um, there's never been a product 100% dedicated to right. the Kraken no, Society. No. They've always just sort of come up in novels or as a, a half-column entry in a much larger tome. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, I can't wait to, uh, for everybody else to kind of delve into it and, and uh, discover more and uh, find out exactly. I mean, I, I, I love that idea of, of, of discovering this information brokerage and realizing it's got yeah. it's just the tip of the iceberg so that's tip of the tentacle as it were <laughs> exactly um, and in fact this is a bit of a spoiler but since we are talking about the kraken society uh slark Krethel actually does make an appearance um the kraken itself shows up in the adventure wow yeah if you, if you can get that far it, yeah it's pretty great too yeah neat all right well exciting i can't wait to to, to learn more uh thanks you guys and we'll be back with some more lore you should know next week Uh, that was an awesome Lori Cheneau, don't you think? Shall yeah. we? We were listening to that in real time uh, on our headphones. Yeah. No, we weren't actually. This is the magic of audio. We're still listening to it. We're still listening to it in our brains. Yep. Uh, but let's get the uh, uh, esteemed voice actors on the horn. All right. All right. Bring it on up, Ryan. Hello, hello. Hey. Welcome. Hello. Uh, we have two very distinguished guests with us on the Skypes. Uh, we have Mr. Leo Ryan. Hello. Oh, hello there. And Laura Bailey. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, so, yeah, you guys are calling in from sunny Los Angeles. How's it feel down there? Hot. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> like living inside a pizza oven. It's, you know. <laughs> nice. We're like, you're like role-playing Dark Sun right now for us. Uh, yeah, there you That's go. Right. So uh, you two uh, play as uh, twins in Critical Role, which is probably where most of uh, our D&D &D Dragon Talk fans will, uh, will have known you two. What, what? What, what? Three years and counting. That's adorable. What? Three years? Well, well, we've been playing the game and twins for three three plus oh. years. Has it been four years. years now? It hasn't been. I don't think it's been four. Really? I don't know. I don't you guys know. actually sound like siblings. It. When's your twin anniversary? <laughs> Our twin anniversary is May 28th. Aww. Aww. Sweet. <laughs> Would you get them? <laughs> What do you get someone for their four-year twin anniversary? Uh, well, sometimes it's a broom. And sometimes it's, it's a, a raven mask. A raven mask. This all makes total sense. This year, Liam got me a broom and um, a badass mug that, that I use on the show. 
That is awesome. Now we have twin mugs. Oh, it's so cute. That is adorable. So, I mean, we've heard from uh, uh, Matt uh, and how your your group got started. Uh, But for those of us who haven't listened to that episode of Dragon Talk and or uh, are not uh, critters, uh, why don't you give a little, uh, you know, quick praise on the formation of this this awesome group? Yeah, sure. It started uh, three-ish years ago, um, back at the Big Bang. (laughs) <laughs> um, it kind of coincided with uh, Sam Regal also on the show, and I uh, did do. I guess we kind of still do a podcast, and we jokingly talked about doing a one-off for my birthday, which we did. Uh, it was just supposed to be for for shits and giggles, and everyone liked it so much that we just kept going. Um, and we got together like once a month ish. Yeah, it would it would range because sometimes we were all so busy that it would be like once every two months, and then sometimes we did it a couple times in a month. It just depended on what we could do. We would spend the entire Sunday or Saturday together and just yeah, eight or eight, nine hour yeah. sessions at that or point. longer. Mm-hmm. So did you have these these uh, original characters uh, during that session? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we've amazing. been we've been with the same characters since the very beginning, except for Talison, who in the very first game. Um, created, he was a he dragon. was a dragonborn paladin. Yeah. And he's talking like this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I can't do that on a, on a consistent basis. For that. <laughs> he was the ringer, actually. He He's the one that had played so much before. And so while we were all floundering and about to die, Taliesin came in with like our clutch move that saved the day and nice. just kind of kept us all alive in that very first Which session. Which really just consisted of him knowing that he could just walk over and say something, something and, and then that <laughs> happens. <laughs> we were all just like, what? <laughs> so here's the crazy question. Did you guys know that you were you were going to be twins uh, from that first session? Did you just like kind of roll it up randomly or was that predetermined? Did you guys be oh, like, hey. Oh, okay. Yeah, we... we uh, so I know that Laura and I are both big RPG nerds, and I had an inkling that she would want rogue, so I called dibs on it as fast as humanly possible. And he was right. I definitely wanted to be a rogue. Nice. Um, so, but you, 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 you settled. I settled for Ranger, and then I was like, I want to be a half-elf. And he's like, I'm already a half-elf. I'm like, damn it, Liam. <laughs> and then we realized that our birthday is actually on the same day anyway in real life, so we just um, we thought we it would be a fun hook. Yeah, so we, we created twins. And I also specifically remember you telling me that your, you said, okay, well, I want my character's name to be Vex. And I said, oh, well, I'll be Vex. And your response to that was like, yeah, but skeptically, it was short for Vexalia, so I don't know what you're going to do. And I went, well, I'll be Vex till dawn. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of meant to be, it sounds like. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So how does this affect how you guys play, being twins? Does it? Does uh, it? Well, I mean, it would, it would be different if we were a bunch of mercs who didn't give a shit about each other. Yeah, but. yeah. it kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I feel like we just kind of already, like, fell into that because we were already good friends beforehand. Yeah. So we just kind of fell into those roles really easily. Mm-hmm. Finishing, <laughs> finishing each other's sentences and eating each other's sandwiches. Have you yeah, it's funny. Secret language. Lately on social media, people have taken to screen capping shots of us on the show in the same body position or <laughs> both of our arms crossed in the exact same way. We don't realize it's happening. <laughs> Uh-oh. Or both of us take a drink at the exact same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Life imitating art. Mm-hmm. So how is the the so I mean you you started off with this uh, you know this uh, camaraderie uh, but how has it evolved over the course of the show? Uh, as far as yeah, have you, have you gotten closer? Do you feel like there's been uh, ups and downs which have pushed you away towards you know or or, or oh definitely I feel like I mean 
our 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 critical role crew, our Vox Machina crew, is is family at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the mental space that this game takes up in my brain is is thirty percent of my life, probably if not mm-hmm. more sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what I would do without everybody in the group, and especially you know Liam because we are, you know, bros. Yeah, I mean, we we were good friends before we started playing Dungeons and Dragons, but I feel like when we first started playing, we were really good friends, and that turned into feeling like one of my closest friends. And now I really do feel like she's my butthead sister. <laughs> <laughs> I it's it's true, it's true. And so, like in in the story arc, I think was it the Briarwood arc mm-hmm. that we really thought you were going to die. Yeah, um, and we were both so upset outside of the game, just so upset at. The, the thought of losing that that bond with each other because, I don't know, it would feel like I was actually losing a brother at that point. And I know, I mean, yeah. we'd still be in the game together, but... But we've had this ongoing tradition for so long yeah. and this sort of uh, accent to our friendship that it'll, it will, if, if and when it happens, it will be a massive bummer. Yeah. I think that adds, I mean, so, I mean, uh, I've been involved in lots of D&D games and lots of ones that have even, you know, the familial uh, uh, relationships between player characters. And uh, that, those always create so much more drama. I mean, you get so much more, uh, even just as you guys were saying, like, you're, you know, you were affected outside the game of not, you know, that this would not continue. Um, that's huge. And I feel like that totally comes through in in, in the show. Like, the, you guys uh, have all created this this... Uh, universe in which you know the characters mean more to to you than you know than you know your real lives almost that feels so crazy <laughs> sometimes sometimes. Yeah. sometimes you spend the entire week sort of biting your nails and staring at the ceiling at night instead of going to bed <laughs> some people go through their like regrets and things they would have changed but you guys are just like what's going to happen in the game <laughs> That's it's awesome. ridiculous so do you feel like that, uh, you know, did this all come from, from Matt as his DMing or do you think that it was, it's been more of a, a group thing as far as, you know, putting so much uh, importance in, in the, the story? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, it has a lot to do with Matt. I mean, if, if he wasn't such an amazing weaver of tales, then I doubt any of us would have become so invested. But at this point, I mean, it really is a, a group effort, you know, so much is what what everybody else brings to the table as well you know we came up with all of our our backstories and all these characters that meant something to us in our past and matt has this amazing ability to take that and turn it into these amazing plot lines and he'll surprise us with bringing in characters you know that we are not expecting to see um i mean there's no question that that Matt's combination of knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons, his experience with it, and his ridiculous um, acting uh, talent mm-hmm. is what makes him such a unique dungeon master. But we were all friends when we started, and that's only deepened over time. And uh, I don't know, I can't think of anything in my career or my life that has been anything like this. And I've been on great jobs. I don't, I don't know how to define it. I don't know why Dungeons and Dragons itself is so intoxicating. Mm. Um, but it is, and it just feels like it gets more, you know, the first game, we talk about how, like, Laura dropped it. We'd say this all the time, Laura dropped it right away, and she did. But after three years, it just feels like the most layered uh, tapestry I've ever been a part of. Has there ever been a time uh, where 
you know, there's something going on in, in, your, in your real life, something that your job got screwed up or whatever, or, you know, something with your family, and that, uh, you know, going to the game uh, on, on Thursday nights has helped. Oh, geez, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's therapy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I feel like that was directed solely at you, Liam. Like, it's like... Throw my baseball bat and point towards the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, it's a really hard year, personally. Very hard. Um, and it's not brand new information. Like I, uh, many fans know that I lost my mom this year, and it was uh, hard. That's yeah. all I'll say here because I don't want to bring down the whole interview. But there were many, many weeks where uh, both my state of mind probably bled into the game, but also the game lifted me up when I was really down in the dumps. So, and that just comes from me being with my family, my second family. And second, I feel like the I mean, in, 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 in situations like that, um, Matt has this amazing ability to to know you know, what we're going through in our personal life. And sometimes he'll um, have things happen within the game that par- are, are parallel. And, um, yeah, meaningful and he, to the player. Yeah, and he, he finds a way to kind of lift us up within the game in a way that will affect our, our real life as well. That is so cool. That's that like, is, to yeah, have that kind of em- 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 empathetic DM. I think uh, that is, is Matt's superpower is his empathy. Yeah. And his and his biggest weakness as well, because <laughs> yeah, he'll kill you, but he'll feel bad about it. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, he's like, I understand <laughs> that this is not a good thing for you. That this death I'm, that I'm yes. getting, <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah, it's such a refreshing change <laughs> from the the other kind of DM that is out there. That is like, yeah, yeah. Your players need to be punished. Yeah, <laughs> gotta kill them. Gotta kill them. Right, one. right. And there's a time and a place for that. I mean, it's definitely fun to go to conventions sometimes and just get lost in in, in tactical play or. or oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like we just did a one-off, uh, not uh, a different kind of game this past week, and everybody died, and it was fun to get. Yeah, wrecked. it was super fun. <laughs> right, where well, you're not so clearly yeah. invested in the emotions right. and everything. You don't have to right. be responsible. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. good to mix it up. So I. How familiar with the other players have you were you guys before you all started playing together? Did you um, know each other in different like were you part of the same circles or some some people, but yeah. I didn't really know Marisha very well before we started. No, playing. Marisha I didn't know super well uh, in the beginning. Um, I guess I knew every and you know Ashley at that point was a, was a friend but a newer friend. I knew you, I knew Sam yeah. very well. I knew M- Matt pretty well. Um, Travis uh, very well as well at that point. Did you guys um, know each other just from from voice acting? You know, yeah, being on the same gigs, and doing you know conventions together, and I mean, we'd we'd hung out uh, many times before. Yeah. You know, like we were good friends before yeah, we yeah. started playing. But yeah, well, I mean, when we ranged the game, it was mostly like it was mostly reaching. Like so, since it came out of uh, out of my butt, I, I just reached <laughs> for the people that I you know were closest to me and then again like uh, Talison came in because he, and I knew Talison for a very long time too and was also a friend but Matt was like well I'm bringing in all these noobs let me bring in one person that I know knows the game inside out yeah. yeah and Marisha was again one of those people that had played a bunch before so Matt brought her in um, to kind of help us out super cool so um, now, of course we're all like uh, rap it's like we're in a in a, in a tar ball together <laughs> Can yeah, never separate you guys. <laughs> Which we don't. <laughs> Which we don't. We don't. <laughs> so Liam, you, uh, I got to see you uh, hanging out at Meltdown uh, after the event there. Uh, so, what's that? I was so bummed I was out of town for that man. I know it would have been fun, uh, but yeah, I wanted to get Liam. I mean, we'll get your take, uh, Laura, when you come to one of our events eventually soon. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, Liam, what, what, what did you think about being there as far as in the store and uh, at Meltdown and seeing all the, the uh, events that were going on there and, and everything? I like seeing Dungeons and Dragons uh, get its, its time in the spotlight. Nice. nice. It's cool. It's cool that it is not just, you know, well, this is my older brother's book from the bookshelf. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I obviously love video games. I love movies. I love all kinds of pop culture entertainment. Um, but I, I feel like D&D lately, and you guys are, are uh, heading the charge, is really coming into its own and getting some uh, love on a broader, broader uh, stage. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> You're succeeding. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting out there. Yeah, so does, I mean, uh, you know, as, as you guys who have a little bit more uh, a thumb on the pulse of, of Hollywood, uh, uh, you know, we've noticed, <laughs> we've noticed this your, happening. Your uh, thumb is more on the pulse than, say, ours is. Perhaps. <laughs> just, just from proximity. You're, the you're laughing more. J.J. Abrams texted me. Oh, my God, it was so the best. Funny. <laughs> what did he text you about? Uh, you can't say. Uh, he wants to roll a, a barbarian... Uh, <laughs> He's going to be guesting no, anytime. I got nothing for JJ. sputtered out. I'm sorry. You shut him down. <laughs> you shut down JJ. You're like, JJ, you can't be a part of our group. That's it. You're out. Yeah, we don't really have room at the table right now. We'll text totally back, call you. Go away, murder, ho, but I mean, it's something that we, that's one of the reasons why we did the Meltdown event was because we, we had kept hearing that people were uh, uh, playing it in, you know, in writer circles and directors and, mm-hmm. and, and actors like you guys. Uh, so, I mean, talk a little bit more about that. Like how, how is it something that even on a, a property that's not fantasy based or something like that, that someone will mention Dungeons and Dragons or is it, is it uh, you know, a secret handshake? Like, you know, what, what have you, what has your experience been? Oh my gosh. It's, it's kind of crazy how many people play. I feel like all, it was like a big secret club when people were younger, and now, yeah. like all of a sudden, people can are, are talking about it. Uh, and since the show has gotten, you know, we're a little cult hit engine that could. And since the show has started gaining popularity, um, you know, we're not hanging out with J.J. Abrams, but we are with a lot of actors and directors and writers. And people are just walking up and going, "Oh man, Critical Role, huh?" Critical Role, wow. Yeah, I feel like every game that I work on, somebody mentions mm-hmm. it. Every single project, yeah. I walk in the booth and, and somebody goes, so Critical Role, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and there are some actors, that, uh, friends of ours, and some not even that close a friend, who are like doing the full court press and going like, so, you know, anytime you need a, <laughs> you need a, a second uh, ranger slash bard multi-class, I'm, I'll be there for you. <laughs> Why are you going to have like, a lot of you know cameo appearances, guest stars, walk-ons? Yeah. I can't wait for Tom Hanks to make a make an appearance. Oh yeah, Tom, he's just Mazes chomping at the bit. Yeah, right. It'll it'll be like the good bookend to his career. <laughs> his walk on role. Yeah. Critical. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm out. I don't have to act again. Done. That'll be fantastic. That's cool. That's really good to hear. I mean, because you know, it's one of those things where uh, uh, some people will say that, and we're like, no, that can't be true. Uh, but more and more, you're right. Like, yeah, yeah it it's, it's everybody. Well, you, we do keep you do hear the stories about how playing D and D when you were younger really fostered your love of writing and storytelling and reading, and it's you know, it makes sense that those people would grow up to have these creative careers. Right. So, I guess I, I can see I why. When we were kids, like we all loved it, but no, you know, none of our sort of pop icons talked about it. No one said like, yes, this is a worthwhile pursuit. There was not a huge industry revolving around it. But I feel like now that you guys are having your moment in the sun, people are stepping forward and going, yeah, yeah, I played too. Right. (laughs) I did that. And it's easier to transition it. 
to the uh, uh, to the younger generation too. I mean, on Liam, I think you, you mentioned that you had been playing with your kids for a long time. Mm, uh, well, not a, a long time. I mean, since the sh- a little bit before the show started, I just started to, to dabble with my son and some of his friends. And then his sister watched that happen a few times, his younger sister. So she asked if she could play, and I started doing uh, it a little bit for my son and daughter together. And then she liked it so much, she said, can I do this with some of my friends from school? So now I do a third game with her and three girls from her class. So yeah, Really? Three, I mean, it's not every week or anything. Three I, I would awesome fall down little chicks. I yeah. love that. That is good. There's our next generation. I know. There's the next critical role. And I've got my... 20 years from now. <laughs> my favorite in her group. <laughs> the next generation. The next generation. The gnome cleric. Aww. She is such a little spitfire. She's so funny. Ooh, well, that's what I think is so interesting, too, about D&D is what we were just talking about, how there's so many... Who was... Oh, Chris... We were our, talking to the, yeah. the president the of president Wizard of the Coast. The president of our company was just saying how there's so many creative outlets for kids these days as opposed to you know when we were all growing up, but they still gravitate towards D&D. They still want to play just old school pen and paper, sit around the table and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's better than, than just a game of imagination? With your friends. With yeah. your friends. It's or, so much fun. Or your fun. dad, which is cool. Or your dad. Or your if dad. You're, if, you're, if, yeah. you're, if your dad's if cool. Cool dad Liam. If your dad's on like a hit show. <laughs> <laughs> cool dad Liam. Cool dad Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Maybe I, I think, think I could play really her cool. name out of that. Cool Dadlium. <laughs> cool Dadlium. <laughs> there you go. That's her next NPC name in case you needed one. <laughs> awesome. So what's uh, what's what's next on the horizon for you guys? Uh, I know you can't necessarily talk about what's going to happen in the next critical role, but uh, uh, you know what's what's I mean, your, you could you could if you, you want wanted to drop to. some bombs. Oh man. What are we? I mean, we do. We are starting to have different irons and different fires. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't know what we're allowed to say. Oh, Joe. We're making stuff. We're You're making, making some stuff. fun stuff. There's cool things happening. We're excited about Comic-Con. Absolutely. And that, uh, well, see, we're time traveling on this podcast, so this one might actually happen after Comic-Con. So you guys did so you awesome were, there. Oh, Comic-Con was so much Comic-Con. fun. So good. Oh, so you can so totally tell us best. what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Go into detail about the questions <laughs> that were asked uh, at, at, at the panel. <laughs> Finally went and got a real Zeppelin in real life. <laughs> oh, are you going to do your you know round Zeppelin round the world in eighty days Zeppelin ride? That you've mm-hmm, been... mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Streamed the entire time. <laughs> it's all it's all on Periscope. Day thirty two. <laughs> Still, Still up screaming. in the air. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Nowhere near San Diego. <laughs> I don't know where we are. Somewhere over the ocean. <laughs> Stay strong. Cool. Uh, so have you gotten a chance to look into uh, Storm King's Thunder and what's coming up uh, for Dungeons & Dragons? What? I know you guys don't jump into the uh, the published adventures that much. but Yeah, um, we really don't. I've bought every book you guys have released, um, but your books, that book's not out yet, is it? No, no. no. Well, it'll be out when this comes out in, a, in about a month or so. Okay. Well, I will be looking into it. Nice. Um, my kids, my son is doing the starter adventure, and then I've got all the, you know, the different adventures you guys have done, and I'm giving each of my kids uh, their choice on which one they want to pick. So we'll see if they pick Thunder King, uh, Storm King, excuse me. And uh, my daughter has picked uh, Strahd, so I, mm. I think it's funny that my little girl wants to go mess with vampires and the dead. Of course. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, daughter is seven, and my son is about to turn ten. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect ages. Seven-year-olds, perfect for uh, for weird, creepy vampires. Vampire hunting. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. I agree. 
So Laura, do you ever uh, uh, want to take a, I, I, maybe you have done this before, but have you ever taken a spin doing uh, dungeon mastering? Oh man, that intimidates me so very much. Why? I can't. Because there's so much pressure. You have to keep track of everything. I can barely even add my dice together when I'm playing. <laughs> I'm totally freak, with you. I mean, I freak out so much when we play. I lose track of what's going on. It's terrible. You mean rules-wise? Rules? No, no. I keep track of story, but like, if we're in the middle of battle, I'm just like, uh, like my mind goes blank the minute I'm about to do something, and then I just like my hands are flailing in the air. I just feel like I wouldn't be able to handle it as a DM. But maybe if I was a DM, I wouldn't be like as character well, invested. If, if so you're just I DMing can... at home with some friends, the beauty is the internet's not there to point at you. That's well, true. you're making stupid faces. You get a mistake or make That's stupid true. faces, right? That is true. Yeah. It's only under the microscope of the World Wide Web. Mary Elizabeth. So every year, um, a group of friends of ours go and, and stay at a cabin for a few days um, over New Year's. Nice. And Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who played Zara on um, the show, uh, is one of the people that we, we go to the cabin with. And she really, really, really wants to play D&D while we're up at the cabin. That's <laughs> and she's like, Laura, you could DM for us. I was like, I don't know, Mary. I don't know. But maybe I'll think about it. It's nice. I mean, it's it's like any other performance thing because I'm, I'm the same way whenever, like, you know, days, hours before dungeon mastering, you get nervous. It's a little bit like you're being on the spot, like you're doing stand-up or something, right? It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. It so is. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But it's not it's not as intimidating as as that because you're everybody's there for the same purpose they everybody wants to have fun yeah. uh, i will yeah. say for your cabin trip if it yeah. makes you feel any better about doing it because i think that would be wonderful <laughs> is uh, at the level we're at on the show it is so complicated because everyone has five thousand things they can do yeah. Yeah. facing these complicated creatures but with my kids starting them at level one like nobody can do shit so <laughs> that's true. like that's the fighter true. can hit for not very much that's dodge, true there's not a lot of dice it. that you're adding up at that point right and you don't need to focus on that. Like, there, I mean, I've had, you know, uh, sessions with newbies, uh, you know, even as a newbie DM where you're, you know, you're just talking and doing improv character stuff when maybe a role will come into play or like maybe combat will happen and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get through. Uh, so, you know, focus on your strengths. Like if you want to just do story stuff, do story stuff. Right. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm encouraging Laura on the very same day that about 100 fans have been messaging me in the last 24 <laughs> yeah, hours. Right. To sit in for a one shot as a dungeon master while Matt uh, and Mercer are away at a convention. Yeah. But again, that's online. That's, it's online. You know, Matt has been a dungeon master for decades, and he's so amazing. What a what a person to live up to. Uh, it's true, but you know, you don't have to. Like, he occasionally forgets a rule, and when he does, or or chooses to do something differently, and when he does, like the internet is on it. So I yeah. just don't know if I have the uh, the the steel gut well, to put up that yet. I told uh, I told the fans to wait. Wait sometimes fans, uh, uh, you know, uh, are great, and sometimes they encourage behaviors that you know, like, I, like it makes it intimidating. And I don't think that's that's good for for role playing in any way. You know I mean, they're just really passionate. They're very, is, very yeah. passionate. Great, I know. Which is awesome. Uh, but I also love the DMing style that that Matt has and that others have, where it doesn't matter. Like you know, like yes, those as written, that's what the rules are. But around this table. The yeah. decision we're making is this, and we're just going with it. And we always say well, that that's really, really up like to the DM. The DM is the ruler. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. That the, the dungeon master is the ruler. That's who's right. – you follow those rules. Yeah. I was going to thank you guys for actually making that a rule. <laughs> to bend oh. and break the rules because it's all 
we're losing your uh, your audio here. We're losing your audio here on the Skype on that last. We're just taking a moment to appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Absorbing that. <laughs> yeah. That's deep. That's deep. I was going to make a, a, a moment of silence joke, but that's probably horrible, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, for the for the rules, pour one out for the rules. <laughs> the rules that our team spent yeah. years and years slaving over and writing. Right. And, yeah. Right, but even you know even Chris Perkins and, and Jeremy Crawford will say like it, at the table that's all that matters, right. uh, and uh, uh, I think that's and it, each table and each group is going to be different, and they're going to have different uh, you know needs and wants in their games and different styles. So. You know, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I want to remove that intimidation factor as much as I can with people uh, and get them to jump in and Dungeon Master. I think that's, I mean, I'm, I, that's one of the most limiting factors of Dungeons and Dragons as a hobby is, is more and more people, you know, crossing that line from player to DM, mm-hmm. really, you know? So I want, I want more and more people to, to, to not feel like that's a big wall and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just I'm going to do something different now. Well. Right. You can get your feet wet with new players because they don't know. That's right. They don't know anything. They have no idea. That's a really good point. Yeah. Just like they just want to learn and then they're not even going to ask hard questions because they don't even know to ask the hard questions. They just, you just tell them where to go and tell them what to roll. Even if it's wrong, they don't know. Yeah, you just roll like a peanut and a cheese it behind the DM screen. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, you succeeded. Good job. Mm, (laughs) You get six Mountain Dews. (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna think this game is awesome great all right thanks so guys for spending the time to uh uh, uh talk all this through um i know it was it was hard getting you two on the same day that wasn't a uh, a critical role uh session it is pretty crazy yeah you guys are super busy so yeah talk you know if you if you want to pimp anything out or, or or this is the we plug. do a lot of tap dancing out here yeah literal tap dancing okay <laughs> when can we go to see the tap dancing show sign me up I want to go <laughs> soon. <laughs> soon. So soon. No, I was gonna say if you have anything you want to plug or any like you know uh, throw out your Twitter handles or anything like that. Uh, what's where, where can people find you guys if they haven't already? Uh, well, you can watch Critical Role on Geek and Sundry's <laughs> Twitch channel on Thursday nights at uh, seven o'clock uh, Pacific time, where Liam follow will be us DMing. At Critical Role. And yeah. You can follow Liam at Voice of O'Brien, and you can follow Laura at Laura Bailey V O. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, I'm, we'll, but I'm, yeah, we have uh, we have some cool games and stuff coming out. That's uh, our day job. Um, yeah. So Gears of War Four is coming out in October, which I'm sorry about. Oh, Skype. Oh, you Skype. Skype. You Skype. So that was Gears of War Four. Gears of War Four. I'm getting it all mixed up. Uh, in October, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. How was it working on that? Awesome. It's a. It's. <laughs> It's a really cool story. I like where they're going with the franchise, and um, and I'm I'm pretty stoked about seeing it all come together. Nice. Is it? I mean, I've I've never done uh, uh, you know learned about the production kind of schedule of this, but is it the first time that you'll hear a lot of your performances will be when you get the game, or do you get to, to listen to it like as as it's you know being edited or whatever? Uh- as, as the cinematics get done, we usually get to watch those and do some ADR pickups, but there's so much in-game dialogue that we record that, you know, you don't get to revisit until you're actually playing the game. So, yeah, it's always a surprise when we start playing it to see what happens. You're like, I forgot that I said that one throwaway line that they use, you know, all the time. Yeah, now. exactly. There's a lot of times we ad-lib and they end up keeping it in the game. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's fun. 
That's cool. What about you, Liam? What are you working on in your day uh, job? Uh, well, uh, a little later on, I think it's in beta now, but World of Warcraft Legion is uh, going to hit officially soon, and I'm returning as Illidan Stormrage in that. Heck yeah! And, Heck yeah! Uh, uh, I know this is in the future. We're maybe we're in the Feywild right now, but my tomorrow, Star Wars Force Awakens Lego comes out, and I directed all the voiceover for that. Oh, nice! Oh, very cool. I've heard good things. There was a Game Informer uh, uh, article that came out today. I'm dating this podcast, even though we're time traveling, and it will. <laughs> no one will be what today is Go today. Go back and Google it uh, when that article hit, and you'll know when they, we recorded it. They went through all all of the different uh, characters that you can find in there, which I was like, that's amazing. It was it's a, was a pretty great record. All I can say is that it's chock full of chuckles uh, and Lego. Nice, uh, and Legion is exciting too. I'm a lapsed WoW player myself, but I've been thinking about jumping back in. You got that itch. I got that itch. <laughs> I don't know if it's the, mo- right the movie or like you know the combined Hearthstone playing I've been doing, but yeah, I just want to, yeah, Can't devote my it. life once again to uh, to <laughs> the alliance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll uh, we'll check in with you. Uh, you know, we, I could, on Critical Role, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Oh, I love talking to Liam and Laura. They're great. They're like a really good like brother and sister team. Oh yeah, yeah. that's really cute. I know. D and D bonding people. Yeah, exactly. that's what it does. Yeah, they were friends a already, and then agent. it like cemented them. And now into. they're related. <laughs> <laughs> On the show. Be careful for, who you play for with. For three to four hours a week, yep. they are yep. uh, actually related. They will by be friends blood. forever because of that. In the law of the United States, they are now actually related. Common law, brother and sister. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So go ahead and check out Critical Role every Thursday. Uh, it's on Geek and Sundry, uh, and uh, it's on their Twitch channel. Then, of course, I think they have the uh, uh, YouTube episodes after that. So uh, I, I'm a bit of a delay. I, it's, I have not caught up uh, with what's happening. It's like so. coming out fast and furious. It it's is. It's hard to. It is. And there's so many new shows coming out. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking mm-hmm. to some more in the next coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, some from the Rooster Teeth gang, uh, which will be really interesting. Uh, but you can ask me any questions you want. I'm at Greg Tito on the Twitters. You can ask me questions that I can forward to Greg Tito at Shelly Moo. Or you can ask her about Avalon Hill questions. Avalon Hill at Avalon Hill 2. That's right. The number two. I don't think we mentioned uh, Follow us. Uh, Houses of the Holy. No. Uh, <laughs> House of the Holy. Houses of the Holy. No, it's. it's <laughs> Betrayal at House on the Hill. That's the one. Widow's Walk. Widow's Walk, the expansion, coming out October 14th. Woo! Woohoo! All right. Uh, you guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.